Welcome back to Voice Over Matters with Jerry Thorne, of course. Um, it's a series we're doing, looking at the BBI, not even looking at the BBI, reading the BBI verbatim. What we don't want to do is engage in analysis, engage in debate, and start tugging at different aspects of this document without having fully read and understood the whole document. Now, it's an extensive document, 204 pages. And what's going to happen, what's bound to happen, is most people will not read the full document. There's an executive summary which does condense what the document is about. But in order to get the real gist, to get the the essence of what this document is trying to achieve, reading the full document is what needs to be done. Now, we won't be doing that, and this is why I'm here, because I'll be reading you the full document verbatim. I've posted a few um, podcasts online already on this, and I'm getting some very nice compliments saying great analysis, but there is no analysis here. What I'm doing is reading the document for what it is. Okay, so carrying on from exactly where we left off. Okay, so Kenya National Policy Guide on Clean and Effective Government background. Throughout the BBI task force report and the validation period, corruption was revealed to be one of the foremost challenges to a well-governed, prosperous, just and fair Kenya. Kenyans have cried out for clean and effective government focused on protecting public resources and delivering services fairly and well. This is a cross-cutting matter that is required for the success of the historic national reform opportunity offered by the BBI process. The shortfalls in clean and effective government and the continuing practices of fraud, conflicts of interest and abuse of power continue to cause painful consequences. One of the most damaging is the lack of citizen trust in institutions and public governance. Other unfortunate results include loss of human life, mistrust and suspicion on the basis of ethnicity. We need a better approach to public governance and the attendant provision of public services. It should be a policy framework that responds to the demands of the people for disciplined, accountable, responsible and inclusive public governance at the national and county level. It should reflect respect for the constitutional provisions on governance with a strict adherence to the rule of law. Philosophy. The Kenyan people have articulated their philosophy on how government should be managed, to what ends and how its officials should conduct themselves in the constitution. This philosophy is not more clearly expressed than in the constitution's article 19.1. The Bill of Rights is an integral part of Kenya's democratic state and its framework for social, economic and cultural policies. Objectives. Number one, to implement the constitutional and legal provisions for public service, the management of public resources and the delivery of public services. Number two, to promote democratic, fair, accountable, transparent and controlled exercise of delegated sovereign power. Number three, to promote constitutionalism in all governance systems and functions for effective delivery of public services to the people of Kenya. Number four, to prevent and combat conflicts of interest, fraud, corruption in public services. Number five, to incentivize professionalism, integrity and dedication to public service. Number six, to foster national, uh, to foster national unity by recognizing and embracing diversity and inclusivity. Number seven, to promote open government for transparency and accountability. Number eight, to protect the interests and rights of minorities, the poor and marginalized communities and individuals throughout Kenya. Guiding principles. Our public governance should be as delegated by the people with sovereign power in the constitution. 
Our public governance relies on openness, accountability and decision-making, an action that strictly adheres to the principle of the rule of law. Involvement in and decisions from our public governance should always reflect equity and inclusiveness of the diversity of Kenyans. Manipulation of any process of a public office, including an electoral process and or results, is an offence against the people of Kenya. Public offices and state offices are held to higher standards of integrity since holding a public office is an honour and a privilege with citizens as its beneficiaries. Our public governance includes every citizen's responsibility to uphold and defend our constitution and protect public resources. Kenya National Policy Guide on Combating Impunity Background Through the BBI task force, Kenyans shared their concerns over the continuing impunity of the powerful and moneyed, particularly in governance of the public sector and the profound sense of injustice felt throughout the country. As a steering committee travelled throughout the country, it encountered many people with a strong sense of grievance at a continuing injustice. Often this was caused by an act of commission or omission by public or state officers who acted with impunity. It is worth quoting the BBI report because impunity was also a factor raised throughout the validation process. It is worth quoting the BBI report because impunity was also a factor raised throughout the validation process. Quote, it is a common and all pervasive phenomenon in Kenya that we, leaders and citizens alike, have a noticeable and destructive inclination to disrespect the law. This phenomenon is particularly evident among public officers who commonly ignore the law and too often subordinate it to the pursuit of their personal interest. It makes for a Kenya that largely has the correct legislation and policies, but seems unable to implement them, leading to a widespread cynicism, which itself feeds and spreads impunity. If there is a single action that would greatly change Kenya, it is that that those public officers who refuse to implement laws or properly discharge duties placed on them by the law or disobey court orders should be appropriately punished. Just as dangerous as impunity is the shaping of the law by special interests that use it to reshape in their favour competition in our economy, how regulations are designed and implemented, and even how budgeting and the use of resources, public resources, are undertaken. The capture of our laws and even part of the state system by special interests that we call cartels risks confirming the dangerous sentiment that the economic system and government decision making are rigged against hardworking citizens and law abiding small businesses. It should be regarded as a matter of urgent national security interest to ensure that special interests do not rig the economic system against those without access and influence in the great office of state. Unquote. The urgency of this demand by Kenyans must be reflected in a specific policy that deters, prevents, detects and punishes acts of impunity by public and state officers at every stage of their work and in every sector. This will require all policymaking processes and all those in charge of them to respond to the long-standing nature of this culture of impunity. It is a century-old, discriminative, brutal in its application and undermines public trust. Recognizing and responding to this fact requires a long basis in principle and an internal watchfulness based on the guidance below. Philosophy. The fundamental guide on how the steering committee has approached its treatment of policies against impunity is reflected in the BBI reports, chapter one, uh, brackets, notable issues that Kenyans must deal with. 
Specifically, the steering committee was guided by the arguments made under the following three points. One, whether the local community or religious organizations or politics leaders in Kenya are failing and Kenyans are feeling let down. Two, our public officers have yet to internalize an understanding that power and authority assigned to them is a public trust that are meant to use that they're meant to use for the benefit of the people and not for their personal aggrandizement. Three, year after year, Kenyans suffer from many forms of abuse and injustice, including when they're carrying out their political rights during elections. They seek redress, commissions are launched, and author reports uh, that stay on shelves unimplemented. Objectives. Objectives to anticipate impunity and ensure there are measures to detect, deter and combat it when it manifests in the making or implementation of policy. Two, the secretary of the cabinet in fulfilling his or her constitutional duty to convey the decisions of the cabinet to the appropriate persons or authorities shall ensure that these include the expectations, quantifiable deliverables and delivery, delivery deadlines. Three, to establish to establish formal ombudsman-type reporting mechanisms to the EACC in every ministry, department, and agency that enable employees and the public to report acts of impunity. Four, provide secure and accessible electronic, digital, and walk-in facilities for whistleblowing and reporting of impunity in a way that secures the individual making the report. Five, through education, advocacy and training, facilitate employees and the public to be able to detect and properly report acts of impunity. Guiding principles. One, every policy in its application must be rooted in the Constitution, especially taking note of Article 19.1. Two, impunity by public officials should be treated as inex- an ex- inexcusable breach. Two, impunity by public officials should be treated as an inexcusable breach. Three, enable, whenever possible, open transparency and disclosure to the public or on upon inquiry. Four, adoption, whenever possible and constitutional, of the moral and ethical sensibilities of the Kenyan people in the fight against impunity. Kenya National Policy Guide on Justice. Background. Kenyans, through the BBI task force, shared their concern over the deficit of justice. This is popularly observed in the way the law and governance instruments are applied discriminatively and without consistency and predictability. This has led to uneven, illegal and unfair application of state power. Kenyans feel that our application of the law and governance instruments favors the powerful and allows them impunity. See policy guide above on impunity. This national cry for justice resulted in the promulgation of the Constitution of Kenya 2010. Citizens had high hopes that would finally settle the elusive question of Kenyan justice. Sadly, this still remains unresolved. The steering committee notes the challenges of justice is deeper than just its application. The core of the challenge is in ensuring the processes of governance and administration of public institutions meet citizens' understanding of fairness and justice. That means that our public institutions and those who run them need to change, while citizens' expectations of them need to become more informed through increased knowledge of our constitution and laws. Such a two-way process will lead to a national sense of being served by a just and fair state and the nation at large being one that is founded on justice for all. Philosophy.
The manifestation of our justice relies on the adherence of the rule of law by individuals, families and communities. It also depends on the earnest and effective delivery of services by public officers. The state has the primary duty to guarantee the enforcement of the rule of law. All citizens have a personal responsibility for just treatment of others and our environment to be civically aware and to adhere to the rule of law. Objectives. To promote a shared understanding and appreciation of Kenyan justice as part of our national value system for a prosperous and united nation. To guarantee access to justice for all Kenyans, including a child-friendly justice system. To create an enabling environment for the individual, family, community and nation to uphold, defend and protect human rights and citizen responsibility to protect effective and efficient administration of justice in Kenya. Guiding principle. One, a culture of constitutionalism and upholding the rule of law. Two, equality of all persons and equal access to the justice system. Three, higher standards of responsibility for just conduct by holders of public office. Four, respect for moral and ethical sensibilities of the Kenyan people. Five, Recognition of our indigenous and traditional justice system. Kenya national policy on public participation. Background. Our constitution recognizes the critical role of public participation in all public governance processes. The validation of the BBI report confirms that there is a lack of uniformity, inclusion and effectiveness in how this constitutional provision is being followed in letter and spirit. Kenyans want to voice in how those who exercise delegated sovereignty make policy and law that affects the interests and priorities of citizens. Philosophy. The policy framework should be conceptualized in line with the national values and principles of governance set out in Article 10 of the Constitution of Kenya. It should adhere to the Bill of Rights and Fundamental Freedoms set out in Chapter 4. Additionally, it needs to be aligned to values and principles of public service set out in Chapter 6, and the objectives and principles of Article 174. In order to ensure good governance and effective public administration in Kenya, a more robust public participation policy intervention is needed. It will provide direction on how citizens, as either individuals or groups, will be involved in governance processes. It will also help holders of public office to understand and embrace this movement by citizens as a right and a patriotic responsibility. This policy intervention needs to properly elaborate the constitutional provisions for public participation so that its objectives are met. Its objectives. To institutionalize effective public participation in Kenya. Two, to clarify and implement transparent and broadly understood standards and processes of public participation. Three, to provide continuous civic education on the importance of and citizen responsibility for informed public participation. Four, to pursue open government in giving citizens access to government health data and reports. Five, to undertake the above by utilizing the capabilities of the Office of Public Participation Rapporteur. Guiding principles. The ward is a basic development unit and platform for engagement of citizens in public participation processes and in accessing information in public offices. Visible effort to reach out and include historically marginalized and minority groups. Reliance on the creation of new knowledge, innovation and the use of contemporary information and communication technologies. 
Kenya National Policy on National Security and Safety. Philosophy. Kenya's national security and safety are fundamental. Kenya national policy on national security and safety. Kenya's national security and safety are foundational responsibilities of the Kenyan state. The state should secure and protect the individual and family and communities, the nation and territorial integrity from all threats foreign and domestic. The state's primary role is augmented by the actions of responsibility and patriotic citizens. The citizen and the state must never be regarded as mutually exclusive or at odds with regard to national security and safety. Objectives, to align policymaking in every ministry, department and agency with a national security strategy, to guarantee energy and food security for all Kenyans, to provide for effective protection of private property, to enable rapid and effective response to mitigate harm to Kenyans beset by man-made or natural disasters, to protect and preserve our environment, natural resources, and biological diversity. Guiding principles one, the constitutional principle of civilian control over the armed forces must be upheld. Two, to have enduring peace with its neighbors, Kenya must have strong national security. Three, the citizen's safety and security is the primary aim of national security. Four, the citizen's dignity should always be safeguarded. Five, protection and preservation of constitutional rights and particularly the Bill of Rights. Six, preventing violent conflict is preferable to responding to its outbreak. Seven, permanent state and preparedness in regular exercises. Eight, clear lines of authority and accountability for all national security and safety organs. Right. The Kenyan National Policy Guide on Unity and Diversity. Background. The BBI Task Force report and the validation consultations highlighted the diversity of the Kenyan people according to their ethnic and religious identity, beliefs, livelihoods and experiences. To build unity from this diversity requires an explicit policy that should ensure that all disadvantaged individuals and groups enjoy the rights and responsibilities that they participate fully in the development of Kenya. A major aim of this policy is to address the inequalities experienced by most Kenyans. There's an ever-widening gap between the rich and the poor. Discrimination, lack of fair access to services and marginalization have devastated individuals and disadvantaged groups identified by the constitution as children, persons living with disabilities, young people, the elderly, women, ethnic minorities, and marginalized communities. Children are the most vulnerable members of our society. There are constitutional provisions demanding that our children must be cared for and protected. However, they continue to be subjected to the most inhumane treatment, neglect, and physical and sexual abuse, including harmful cultural practices, as well as hazardous and exploitative labor. Our failure in the parenting role came under intense scrutiny during the BBI consultations. There is therefore an urgent need to rethink how parents in the state nurture and protect our children, regardless of their gender, age, and background. State programs focused on benefiting children should go beyond classroom education to the creation of wholesome, responsible citizens. Persons living with disability suffer from discrimination and marginalization. The positions reserved for their representation in parliament and county assemblies are abused. Persons with disability need to be protected at all costs, and all levels of society to enable them to achieve their highest potential.
Kenya has a large youthful population. It is unfortunate that a large number of our youths who are energetic and skilled are idle and unemployed. Young people feel left out and and neglected in many sectors, especially in building our economy and governance. They need to be empowered to demand and exercise their right and responsibilities towards building a united and better Kenya. The youth need to be adequately engaged in development activities, including but not limited to sectors in which they are already providing leadership. With age comes wisdom, but sadly also neglect. We have neglected our elderly citizens to a point that our country lacks the wisdom needed to make the right choices for building a better, more united Kenya. The elderly are not treated with the dignity and respect they deserve. We do not provide space for them to continue contributing to the growth of Kenya. We should benefit from their knowledge, guidance and wisdom. We need them to lead our nation in knowing and appreciating our history and diverse heritage. They will also play a key role in leading and guiding us towards improving our morality for a better Kenya. We need to invest in intergenerational conversations and programs. The elderly can give can give and mentor people in using preserving and improving our valuable indigenous knowledge and technologies. The BBI report notes that women have not achieved the promises contained in the Constitution of Kenya 2010. The two-thirds gender rule has not been fully implemented in the electoral outcomes or in leadership and decision-making arenas. Further, women continue to suffer from gender-based violence and femicide. Women's contribution to development is not sufficiently sufficiently recognized and accounted for, despite many of them being at the core of value creation for the benefit of our economy. Women shoulder greater workloads, including manual labor and domestic work. They are thus more likely to be poor. In turn, Poor women are vulnerable and suffer rampant physical and sexual violence. Women are more likely to have poor health, nutrition and education than men. Men and women experience poverty differently and unequally. We need to institutionalize measures of addressing gender inequalities through policy, legislative, administrative and other means. Gender responsive measures are likely to produce outcomes that enhance inequalities or rather enhance equalities between men and women. Gender mainstreaming needs to be factored in whenever policy is being developed. This will produce better development indicators for women and society at large. Women's education and access to opportunities is good for wider society. There is demonstrable evidence that focus and empowerment through targeted gender policies creates better development outcomes. Minorities and marginalized individuals, groups and communities that have historically been neglected and excluded, they deserve their place in the building of the nation to participate in the economy fully and to be equally treated in economic policymaking. Each of these groups has a special needs and interests that should be catered for during the policy process. Philosophy. We will be united when we embrace the fully the full diversity of Kenya in all policymaking, how well our state entities, including the national and county governments, respond to the needs of the disadvantaged and the vulnerable Kenyans will be a true indicator of our unity and diversity. Objections. One, to address the inequalities in our society. Two, to create an enabling environment for women to have their labor, safety and leadership protected and respected. Three, to offer young people opportunities to express their ideas, ideals and leadership. Four, to promote the equality of all Kenyans. Guiding principles. One, guaranteed and protected access to nation buildings by disadvantaged persons. Two, a safe environment for all disadvantaged persons and groups. 
Three, affirmative measures, including the two-thirds gender rule in public governance. Four, verifiable and mandated representation of disadvantaged persons and groups in all decision-making arenas. Five, an inclusive Kenyan economy and equal access to economic opportunities and ownership of assets. Six, public accountability for monitoring progress on all policies related to the disadvantaged groups. The Kenyan National Policy Guide on Tax Policy. Tax is the basis of government and fulfilling all the promises and commitments the Kenyan people have made for themselves in the constitution. Without tax, there can be no Kenya. Yet Kenya has no official tax policy or cessational papers formulated after the promulgation of the constitution of Kenya, 2010. This is puzzling for a country with such a sophisticated financial system and mixed economy. Tax policy is key for incentivizing the right behavior and vice versa, and supporting national priorities, particularly in achieving shared prosperity. Objectives. One, these were clearly articulated in the BBI report and did not provoke any significant opposition during the validation process. Two, Punish not just tax evasion, but also those who facilitate such evasion in the private sector and in government. Three, the tax base needs to be broadened, but it is crucial that overall taxation in Kenya be low relative to competitor economies regularly and globally. Consider innovative approaches to simplify taxation, including a possible flat tax for every income category above a living wage. The flat tax would lower tax fraud, encourage compliance and cut down on corruption in the assessment of taxes. Four, minimize taxation of new businesses by by giving them a tax holiday of at least seven years as a support to youth entrepreneurship and job creation. Five, punish facilitators of tax evasion and money laundering in the private sector. Six, cut taxes in relation to Auditor General audits. It is better that money remains in Kenyans' pockets until there is more accountability and governance on its use at the national and county levels. Then taxes can be increased with improvement. The steering committee came to the view that it is more practical and legal if what is used is the audited accounts of revenue as approved by the National Assembly. Seven, no double taxation and double regulation at the national and county level. Eight, Kenyans want most of their tax funds allocated to development projects. And this is directly linked to keeping administrative and recurrent expenses much lower than they are at present. Guiding principles. One, the most important principle is embedded in the constitution. The burden of taxation shall be sharely fared. Two, neutrality. Taxation should be neutral and equitable between different business sectors. Three, compliance. Costs and time spent complying should be low. Tax laws, this is four, tax laws and regulations should be clear and simple to understand for all Kenyans. Five, no double taxation, unwitting lack of payment of taxes should be strictly limited. Six, the Kenya Revenue Authority and all tax and duty levying lawful entities should keep pace with the changes of the economy and technology. Seven, taxpayers in similar circumstances should bear an equal burden. Eight, Different political dispensation, as reflected in political party platforms, should have the policy opportunity to make tax policy more progressive, flat or regressive.